even like me, Julia? Yes or no? Does that matter to you, Nicole? <laughs> yes, it does, because we're making a podcast together. All I've ever wanted is for us to be good. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> this is episode six of Disengaging, our show recapping our spiciest takes on season three of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm Julia Ritchie in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm Nicole Nixon in Sacramento, California. So we skipped a couple weeks. There was an election, in case anybody forgot. We have real big girl jobs, <laughs> unlike the housewives. <laughs> so we're going to kind of try to recap the, the last two episodes. Um, the first one, two weeks ago, or last week, time is yeah, so, not so a straight line. We got we did do episode six. We missed episode seven last week, and then this week's was episode eight. Already season. eight episodes. I know. So in episode seven, we get the real drama and auditions for Heather's Choir. Um, and there was a lot happening here and a lot to unpack. So Not to mention Lisa's <laughs> iconic performance of Away in a Manger, in a man- which she has now parlayed into kind of like that Countess Lua. Wasn't there a, like a... Countess Luella on one of the, I don't know any of the other housewives, but there was a a lady on one of the other shows who like had a moment with singing and Lisa's having her singing moment. <laughs> yeah. Um pretty polarizing, I guess. I did not feel particularly inspired, but some people say that she did a really good she had some a good set of pipes, I guess. <laughs> Even though she, she flubbed the the last line. She got the words wrong. Okay, I love what you, you texted me when I sent you that clip the first time, and you said, of course Lisa sings like, what did you compare it to? Um, oh, the girl in high school who was, like, convinced she's going to be a pop star one day. Yes! Like, was that's like, what you, like you, that you just nailed it. Like, it's the closing of the eyes, the pressing in of the one ear as though you have, like, a in-ear monitor and, and the and the fact that she can only sing a song in a certain key. Like if she's not mm. on the exact right key, she's like, no, it's not working. I have to start over. And the way like she pauses before she said, the little Lord Jesus <laughs> lay down. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So during and after auditions, there is some drama going on because... Oh, Jen is confronting Angie Harrington about the shock-exposed account, and there's just so much going on. And honestly, like the husbands, I kind of zone out during these explosive, <laughs> confusing arguments where everybody's so fixated on small details that I have long forgotten about. So that's my housewife's confession. <laughs> right. It, even the men who in this episode get together and and that was awkward enough because they clearly don't actually have a lot in common or real friendships outside of the contractually obligated ones that they have to do. Um, they seem like confused by a lot of <laughs> their um, partner's conflicts. Like they, they couldn't even really get the stories straight because they were like, like you said, zoned out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's all like second and third hand information at that point. And mm. but I have to say, I disagree. I think that some of the husbands do have good chemistry. You can tell they like 
are or could be good friends outside the show, but maybe they're just good actors. I don't know. Also, men just like this isn't their show, so they don't carry it. And so you are probably correct. Maybe they are actually very um, congenial with one another, but they don't show it because they're men and they don't have emotions (laughs) or show emotions. (laughs) Right. Well, I feel like I feel like this episode, maybe we got a peek of that a bit when they all went to Coach Shaw's house and he hosted a barbecue and had some, but not all of the husbands over. And there was some sort of porny shots of of brisket or something, which made me a little uncomfortable. But that was very <laughs> uncomfortable. And I like I eat meat, but yeah. <laughs> but on. we've seen the husbands and like be very friendly together and like golf together before. But there's clearly tension between Seth and John. Between I guess they haven't spoken since the reunion and Meredith. Lisa's hot mic moment about Meredith accusing Seth, accusing Meredith of cheating on Seth. See, I'm so bad at this. I could never be a housewife. <laughs> you really could. <laughs> um, I think that the takeaway for me there, so obviously, like, um, Seth, I loved when they walked outside and Seth is like, ah, oh, it's not so bad out here. And then John goes, yeah, it's not so bad in the sun. And I laugh <laughs> so hard because that's exactly how I break the ice when I <laughs> difficult conversations, you know? Well, it's just funny to me because when the women need to have a difficult conversation, they get their drinks, they go mm. in a room with comfy chairs, they make themselves comfortable, they cross their legs. And these two guys just went outside to stand in the cold. They like barely even had jackets. <laughs> It was so yeah. awkward. Yeah, no, it was like super awkward. I, I think you're. I think that's when, like we talk about the Real Housewives universe and how they stage things, and it's like, yeah, when the women are ready to talk it out, they just go for it, yeah. you know, and don't you know make sure that there's like obviously toward the end of this episode, Lisa confronts Heather at choir practice while they're doing vocal warm ups, and it's oh. the best juxtaposition. Best one hundred percent. And we're going to get into that later. Um, before we take a quick break, I do want to clock this brief segment of Meredith and her sister and her nephew at her house making a white bean salad and kind of rehashing <laughs> some of the drama with her family. And she said she was fighting with her sister a lot and she divulged more details about her nephew's mental health struggles. Very sad. But Meredith and her sister have this moment where they're planning this um, positive event, as her sister calls it, for her nephew. And her her sister is questioning whether Meredith should even invite any of the other housewives because they're not really true <laughs> friends. And, like, does she want any negativity at this positive event? So... I love her sister being protective of her. I was like, you know, that's a good sister. She's like, you know, this is like an important event. It Like, I think it's showing like there are real world consequences outside of show drama, which is mm. like their her nephew, Meredith's nephew, went through a very serious like mental health struggle. And they're trying to raise, you know, awareness around mental health for young adults. And yeah, it's like inviting all that toxic energy in there it seems would be counterproductive as her sister points out absolutely and I also like the fact that she was even kind of questioning are these even your real friends like would you invite them if it weren't for this show was a little interesting for me I know it 
It was a breaking the fourth wall moment. I love a moment that breaks the fourth wall. The stars in the heaven look down where he lay and little Lord Jesus no crying he made. Is that it? So let's get into Heather's first official choir practice which is taking place at the very trendy hardware apartments in downtown Salt Lake City. I was going to say, did you know where it was? Because I couldn't tell where it was. Yes, those were being, so I lived just a block south of those, and they were, like, being built while I lived there. Okay. And that's the one, so I Did your friend, was he there, Eduardo? Yes, he's in the choir, officially. Wait, is he the guy with the Uh, hat? He was the guy in the beige. He was the, he's a tenor. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, they were, like, three guys no choir. yeah and one of them had a handlebar mustache and mutton chops which I could not take my eyes off yeah that's so cool that you're you know someone in Heather's choir. I know I, I know, hope he got paid you should find out okay first of all before the choir practice starts Angie Kay and Jen drive together and I loved this energy from Jen when Angie spills that Dana who we have not just kind of appeared suddenly on the show. We ba- we barely know who she is. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently she's been shit-talking Jen and was a bystander for the choir audition blow-up and accused Jen of bullying Angie, even though Angie's husband and potentially Angie were the ones who sent up the Shaw exposed account that has Jen's name in it. And would not take any, Angie would not take any responsibility for it. Yeah, it's a weird position to be in, to be not even a full cast member yet, and defending another non-full cast member who is Angie H. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we have these, like, B characters that are all kind of, to me, angling for the same thing, which is a slot on the show. Mm -hmm. So you have Dana, you have Angie Harrington, whose husband started the Finsta. And now we have Angie Kay, uh, you know, uh, who is famous for starting a uh, series of salons in Salt Lake City called Lunatic Fringe. Um, And so you kind of, we are starting to get introduced to them. But yeah, like I still feel like I have no sense of why Dana is being involved in any of these things. (laughs) Wait, wait, what is that in Mean Girls? Uh, She doesn't even go here. (laughs) There was a lot of that energy in this episode. And then I love Angie Kay, who's, you know, kind of siding with Jen Shaw and all Mm -hmm. this. Like, she also doesn't go here, but you don't, she fits in really well. I feel like, though, Angie Harrington appeared last season um, Mm -hmm. hosting a party. Angie Kay hosted a party for Coach Shaw first episode this season. I didn't. I didn't realize that was her. Mm. But also, like, Angie K has is serving looks in her confessionals. Absolutely. I like her so far. I do, far. too. And, I like her energy. Um, But Dana just kind of appeared. Like, I don't know how she's connected to any of these people. I don't know where she came from, except she showed up randomly on Heather's Ski Day and, like, has inserted herself into drama. Yeah. So. Maybe. So I feel like maybe, like, we're getting a little lost in all of these, like who's on good terms with whom to reset and like zoom out a little bit. We're at the choir practice. 
Heather has invited this melange of people who are not getting along. <laughs> classic housewives, <laughs> like, plot twist. And classic Heather, like, at what point in this episode she says, Whitney and I aren't good, but if we just have a positive experience, things will <sighs> yes. be fine. So this, to me, is the central, uh, like, theme of this episode mm-hmm. is it's a real turning point for Heather and being the always being the good guy and always being the like fun like levity I'm the you know the one who makes people laugh like no one is laughing with Heather in this episode they are screaming at her because or this yeah or this she, season it seems like yeah well Lisa's saying are you really you know do you even like do you me? like me <laughs> And Heather clearly wanted to say no in that moment because she pauses for an uncomfortably long time. And then uh, same with Whitney, where Whitney's like, I'm so tired of you not listening to me. Mm-hmm. Although I'm still not sure I understand Whitney's beef with uh, Heather not backing her up on a yeah. clear lie about Lisa Barlow's marriage. But hi- neither here nor there. No one feels heard by Heather. Mm-hmm. And, and Whitney does call out Heather's coping mechanism, mm-hmm. which is when she's uncomfortable or in a contentious situation, she gets like aggravated and storms off or like pushes people away. Literally. She'll push you away <laughs> or she'll say, oh, you don't like this? Fine. I'm out. Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. Done. So we kind of started to see sort of some of Heather's like, uh, like conflict, um, aversion, you know, issues that are maybe – fine for dealing with conflict but not with these women (laughs) well i have to say conflict aversion is like a staple of mormon households so oh yeah 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 so those fights are breaking out and with the choir warm-ups going on with the the choir so it's so good so they start with like a (laughs) and then lisa and um, Heather are like whispering, whisper fighting. And then as they get into the la, 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 then they start like actually <laughs> yelling because they can't hear over the vote. It was good television. Well, and apparently the choir got tired of waiting for them because they just start singing hymns. So I just <laughs> love the contrast of like music about Jesus in the background and these, and then these two going at it and being like, do you even like me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Angie H is also there, which is... I have to mention this. It annoyed me so effing much. Before the practice starts, they're sitting in chairs or whatever, and there's a shot of Angie sitting with her legs, like, crossed, like, crisscross on a white chair. The soles of her shoes are on this white chair. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Like, in your own house, if you want to dirty up your white furniture, fine. But, like, you're not at your house. It rubbed me the wrong way so badly. So I wanted to ask you about the hymn they all converged together to sing after their blow up. Uh Is that a good Mormon hymn? Or, like, is that a banger in the catalog? Is it, like, if we're talking, like, Taylor Swift, like, eras, like, 10 cattle is it like where does it fall and like this is a mormon hymn that you would like you would you yourself would like to sing huh um i would rate it personally solidly middle tier okay i do feel like it is sung at mormon funerals and i just (laughs) because it's called god be with you till we meet again and there's like a line like meeting at jesus's feet 
I feel like this is the funeral of like a lot of friendships. Well, Maybe there's some symbolism. <laughs> foreshadowing. In, like, yeah, they're burying some like long, long, long time friendships. Well, Heather's processing her faith journey and still dealing with like trauma of her dad dying. And so that could be a reason for this song being the choir's first. <laughs> So to wrap up sort of where we stand at the end of episode eight, Heather is fighting with Lisa and Whitney. And Jen's mad at her, but Jen hasn't really like fought with her. Yeah. Jen is mad at Dana. Very mad at Dana. And Angie H still, although Angie H agrees to issue a public apology (laughs) for her husband's (laughs) Finsta. And Meredith is kind of not engaging. (laughs) Title of our show. Uh, Meredith is disengaging from all of them to try and throw this benefit for her um, nephew and and a good cause. So there isn't a lot of movement except now we have a yet another vacation. I love when Jinshaw's like, I need a real vacation before I go go to my trial. I was like, really? And then she and then she's like, I can't go out of the country, but I loved I love that so much. And when she was like, I need a real crazy vacation, like kind of insinuating that the Arizona trip like wasn't <laughs> crazy enough for her. Like it was a little She change. doesn't like I think the women do not appreciate Whitney's uh like energy healing healing. yeah because she's done it a few times where she's forced them to go to like sort of woo woo stuff yeah um, they're not really into that it seems not yeah especially not jen shaw (laughs) so angie k the newest cast member uh jen shaw's friend of lunatic fringe (laughs) says let's go to san diego i have a, a friend with a house in san diego i've heard good things about san diego i'd like to go myself um so we uh, end with Jen and Angie K in a pool inviting. I love that they made an event out of inviting people to a weekend. <laughs> it's kind of it's a little gender revealish, honestly. It it's is like, really, but it's also why are we doing? It's this? also very housewife. Like if I had nothing better to do except plan parties, I would plan a party, a pool party, to invite people to a weekend party. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, they call Meredith to invite her, and Dana is at their at Meredith's home for some inexplicable reason, and because the producers probably told her to go there, and uh-huh. um, and then yeah, Jen gets mad seeing her and says, "I would invite you, but you called me a bully," and you know, Dana says, "I don't like the way you talk to people," and it's like, "Have you not been and watching Jen this show for three seasons?" Triggered, is, yeah, fully triggered, jumps out of the pool, leaves. <laughs> And then we get the iconic, iconic line from AGK. Well, aloha to me, apparently. Um, next week looks super intense, though. Okay, well, I have a question, though. Is this next week or is this when is I didn't hear next week? Oh, I heard later this season on Real Housewives. Are they taking a break for Thanksgiving? Pro- maybe. Well, they they teased Heather's black eye, which Heather teased like right before the season premiere, like trailer drop, mm-hmm. uh, and that. So we're fo- we'll finally find out how that occurred, uh, which looks 
fairly intense. intense and Did it happen in – I have so many questions. Did it happen in San Diego? I have a th- feeling that they totally are leading us on with the, like, editing of the scene of someone trying to get in her room in the middle of the night and then her, like, showing the black eye the next day. Like It seems a, a little – It seems very hyped up. And I just question if she didn't, like, drunkenly fall down the stairs or something. Well, we will f- soon find out. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe not soon enough. This episode of Disengaging is produced by me, Nicole Nixon, in Sacramento, and, California. Whoops. And me, Julia Ritchie, in Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for listening. We might be back next week. And don't... F- forget to find us on uh, all of your favorite streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and give us a rating while you're there and share with your friends. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I think his name is pronounced Rafe Fines because he's like Scottish or something. So Yeah, I didn't realize that. I think everyone's been saying his name is Ralph Fines for most of his career and it's the same with his brother, but we just we should just call him Voldemort because that's what <laughs> <laughs> But that honestly that has been running through my head this week as well. Oh, one hundred percent. The way he said Meredith. Meredith is a piece of shit. I have your back. I'm offended by that. Fuck you. That fucking piece of garbage whore. I fucking hate her. She's a whore. She's half of New York. She can go fuck herself.